Isn't it good to be together again? Hallelujah. 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 Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You've broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ. My living hope. Your living hope. Do you, do you believe that? You know, I am reminded, I was thinking uh, as I was preparing for this weekend of what a privilege it is to be a minister of Jesus Christ, our, our living hope in the midst of chaos. You know, J- Jesus Christ is, is the one that we can, can lean on. Again, he's our living hope in life. And he changes the way that uh, we, we live, the way we uh, interact in life. And I'm reminded that it is a privilege to walk through, through this life with you, to be with you in the, in the midst of uh, your suffering, those times when you're looking for guidance in your life. And uh, Jesus Christ is, is truly our, our living hope. And uh, it is an honor to share God's word. And the passage that I want to look at today, for me, it's one of the most epic scenes in, in Scripture. The, the fact is that uh, we, we've got the children of Israel, and they have been set free. They've been set free from bondage in Egypt. This is following the, the plagues and let my people go, and finally Pharaoh does. But then Pharaoh has a change of heart. And the fact is, he, he sends the entire Egyptian army to, to bring the, the Israelites back. And the, Israel is uh, kind of trapped. If you can kind of picture this, they're in a dead end. They're in front of the Dead Sea. And so the, the sea's in front of them, and they can hear the Egyptian army approaching behind them. And so we've got the makings of what I would call a good old-fashioned slaughter or massacre here. And so God speaks to Moses in this moment because Moses realizes what's going on. The people do. And and God gives him instructions on what to do. And then Scripture says this, verse 21 of chapter 14 of Exodus says, Then Moses stretched out his hands over the sea. The Lord drove back the sea drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So we, we've got the, this image and it must have been an amazing moment. And in fact, I believe it was a holy moment. God made a way where there wasn't a way. Verse 29, it says, But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the water forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. And so the Israelites walked through on dry ground. Now, look, look to your right for a moment. Look to your left. I want you to think about, do you know how you can tell God's people because they go through on dry land. See, hallelujah. 
I do not know what you've gone through. In fact, I don't know what you're going through right now. But here's what I'm pretty sure about. I am pretty sure that this year did not go any of the ways you planned, right? (laughs) And the fact is that for some of you, you have faced some serious challenges. They may have been vocational or relational struggles. They may be uh, financial issues, health concerns. It's something that you're going through. It's something you didn't want and definitely something you didn't plan. The fact is, that's how life is. I, uh, it's a couple of years ago, but I was reading uh, in the New Yorker, there was an article published, and I found it really interesting. It was based on a study by George uh, Bonanno. And he uh, talked about the, um, just kind of the central element of resiliency in life and its perception and how those things are all, all connected to one another. And he came to this conclusion in, in this study after he, he had studied and interviewed about 600 uh, children who had gone through some of the, the worst situations that you can imagine. And Bonanno uh, found that they had great, I'll say, emotional stability in their life, that they had navigated the, the waters. And he concluded that there that events are not traumatic until they're perceived as traumatic. And that the, he wasn't negating that there isn't like a post-traumatic stress. He, he wasn't negating that. That wasn't his focus. But he, he got into something that was deeper, I, I believe more profound, and he coined the term potentially traumatic events, PTE which I think is a more accurate way to look at life. His theory concluded that although we face every every day possibly frightening events and and things that, that happen, that every hurtful, every painful, every difficult situation, no matter how negative it is, how it appears from the outside, that it has the potential to be traumatic or not traumatic. That it really boils down to the perception of the person that experiences it. Does that make sense? And, and so he was making a distinction between what we go through, how we perceive it, and ultimately what we do with it. The Israelites, they walked through on dry ground. The Israelites were God's people. God had called them out. God had blessed them. But the the fact is, they had escaped from slavery. I want you to think about this. 400 years, they had been slaves. This moment, when they walked through the sea, is the birth of a nation. They had been oppressed. They had been abused. They had been slaves 400 years. I cannot begin to imagine that. 
I do not begin to try and understand the trauma of that, what they endured through those years. In fact, I could spend all morning and still, I, I will tell you that whatever they went through, words are inadequate for that. But when you look at your life, the struggles, the difficulties, the challenges, although they can't be compared to what the Israelites went through, I want to suggest this morning that they can have a similar psychological effect in your life. If you know Israel's history, you know that they originally came to Egypt. They were trying to escape a famine. They, in their homeland in Cana, there was a famine, so they escaped. They come to, to uh, Egypt. And then as Egypt and its leadership began to shift and change, there, there came a point that they became enslaved. And so I was thinking about that because it sounds so familiar in life. How many times in life do we have something happen? And, for instance, we long for happiness in our country. We want happiness. And so we escape. You know how we escape? We escape by getting things getting better things, you know, nicer things. And pretty soon, we find ourselves in prison, in a prison of debt. You know, in, in life, we, we don't want to be alone. And so we escape. We escape into a relationship, an ill-advised relationship. And it leads to a more devastating loneliness in life. You know, sometimes to escape pain or hurt, or the, the fact that life isn't what we planned, we escape to something much, much more dangerous in life. Have you ever asked God to bless you? And so you ask God to bless you in some way, and then God blesses you. And then you realize the weight of what you've asked God to bless you with it was a lot more than you thought or expected. And so pretty soon, your prayer request that had been a praise becomes a prayer request again. You ever had that happen in your life? I have many times. The Israelites, they escaped Egypt, trying to avoid the famine. They've got this transition going on. And then they find themselves in bondage trying to escape again. And so the fact is, in life, transitions, transitions are tough, aren't they? You have a situation, all of a sudden it gets real dire. That is a rough transition in life. But I think transitions are tough even when you get a promotion in life, even when it's a blessing. And so you're trying to navigate new waters. And the fact is, some of you today would say, you know what, I'm in those transitions. You know, I, I bring some struggles today. I bring some challenges. I, I bring some trials, some uncertainty to the table. And others, as I've talked to them, would say, well, Actually, this has been a time of success in my life. I have trophies, promotions, and what have you. Whatever transition you're going through, it has the potential for traumatic effects. 
but your perception of that event will determine how resilient you are. The Israelites, I would argue, are very resilient when you look at what they went through. I mean, they were resilient when they were in bondage. They were resilient when they lacked resources in their life. If you read their stories, even when they're complaining, even when they had bad attitudes, there's a resilience that's there. And I find this passage, it's kind of, kind of strange uh, wording, but it says, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. In the midst of oppression... They multiplied. They flourished. That, that word multiplied, it means exactly what you think. They're, so numerically, they were growing. And in other words, a lot of babies were being born. But they also multiplied. It comes with the idea of strength, resilience, constitution, you know, character. And so the fact is, in seasons of difficulty... You know, for instance, the COVID-19 situation. In the midst of struggles, in the midst of uncertainty and doubt and all this as we're trying to navigate, there's something I will guarantee you. There will be a lot of babies born in the next eight and nine months. There will be. It's just a fact. Isn't that strange? You You got this uncertainty, but then we multiply. I also would argue that there will be a strength Strengthening of character, strengthening of will, strengthening of clarity in our life. And that a season like this will transform us as a church and as a people. The fact is, we will get through where other people give up. Some of you today would give testimony to whatever it is that you've been through or you're going through. And the reason why you give testimony is because you decided you were going to face the situation differently than the world, that you were going to approach it. I mean, you could have quit, could have gotten angry, could have gotten bitter in your life, but you decided instead to multiply You decided that you would bring all the potential trauma, frustration, anger, all that stuff, and you're going to give it to God in the presence of God and go, here you go, take it. You decided to believe in the living hope of Jesus Christ. See, it changes your perspective when you believe in the living hope of Christ. You came through. Some of you are stronger today. True? Some of you would say, I'm multiplied. One of the major themes of uh, the book of Exodus is deliverance. It's a major theme in the Bible. Uh, Deliverance is actually a precursor to salvation. And I, I was thinking about sometimes Christians... We, you know, as we follow Jesus Christ, we misunderstand salvation. Salvation is seen as being saved from something. And that is true, okay? But the bigger picture of salvation 
is God's purpose as he moves us forward is what we are saved to. Not just from, but to. So that in the journey, as we walk with God, not only is there there freedom from sin, see, we're saved from sin, but there's freedom for where we're going and where God's calling us to. There's freedom to a new future, a new tomorrow, a new hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Every once in a while, people are, are kind of surprised, and I'm not sure why, but they're surprised when you don't get to choose your escape route in life. Have you ever been surprised that way? You know, Paul, Paul writes this, uh, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. he says, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. In other words, we're all going through this. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with the testing, he will also, what? Provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. God promises to give you a way out in life. When you're hemmed in, God doesn't promise that you get to pick the way out, but God says, I'll I'll give you a way out. The fact is, the way out isn't up for debate or discussion, but God will guide you. God will lead you. And sometimes God leads us in very, very strange ways when when it comes to getting out of something. Moses takes the Israelites I call it the long way around. They're, they're camped at the Red Sea. Even the Bible, if you, if you read the, the entire book of Exodus, indicates several times that there was a much shorter route for the Israelites to get to the promised land, that there was a more direct route. Instead, they kind of zigzag, you know, they're zigzagging through the desert. It, it would have been shorter if they'd have went straight through Philistine territory. Hostile territory. The Israelites were not ready to deal with that. They weren't equipped to face the battles that they would have faced, the the war, you might say. God regularly leads us in unconventional routes in life. Instead of taking you from point A to B, God says, we're going to zigzag a little bit. How many of you have ever zigzagged? You're like, wow, that took a long time to get there. Why? Well, because there was something that God wanted you to learn. Maybe, maybe the reason why it took so long was your, your faith wasn't strong enough yet. You were, you were too fragile to take the the direct route. Maybe you needed to be strengthened first. You know, maybe your constitution, your character needed uplifting. The the Israelites, they're zigzagging around the desert. They're they're camped out by the Red Sea. They they hear the, the sound of chariots behind them. They see the dust rising. And they realize that they're in trouble. Can you imagine hearing, the scripture says 600 of Pharaoh's finest chariots 
Can you imagine the roar of that? And then it says there were riders on horses and officers. And I'm thinking, that's a lot of horsepower going there, you know. The Egyptians are pressing in. The Israelites thought when they left Egypt, they were done with the Egyptians. And then they realize they're trapped. God tells Moses, Moses, stretch out your hands over the sea so the Israelites can walk through what they shouldn't have been able to walk through. Moses, I'm making a way. Verse 21, we'll read it again. It says, then Moses stretched out his hands over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The fact is, God's done some things in your life with strong east winds, hasn't he? God's made a way where there wasn't a way. If God hadn't done it, the fact is you wouldn't have been able to get through. If God hadn't done it, you, you, you would not have been able to make it through on your own when you evaluate and look at what's happened in your life. You, you would have stopped, some of you. You would have drowned. You, you would have collapsed. But God made a way with the east wind. You know, the waters stand at attention when God speaks. And they're held back. And if God hadn't done that, some of you would have been destroyed. You know, I I have uh, never seen God. I have never audibly heard God speak. I've sensed his spirit speak to me, but I've never audibly heard God. I absolutely cannot see the wind. I can't see God. But friends, I absolutely know that God's there because of what he does. There are some things in my life I cannot explain to you. There are some things that do not make sense in the natural world. There are some things I wouldn't have had the strength or the grace or, or, or the intellect or, or, or anything to have navigated them. I would have failed. There are some things that I would not have been able to go through in my life, but I know that God was with me. And so do you. There are things that you are trying to go through and you know that God is with you because you keep moving on. How do you know? Well, because you keep moving on. You, you move through and you're, you're unscathed because you multiply. You become a person of stronger character. You become less affected by the, the world around you. See, the, the miracle in this story was that the Israelites went through. The proof that you belong to God is not that you avoid problems, that you don't have difficulties, that you aren't challenged in life. The proof you belong to God is that you go through what you couldn't have went through on your own. 
that you didn't quit, that it didn't kill you, that it didn't take you out. You know, some of you go, I went through. Some of you are going through right now. You know, the Israelites, they walk through. There's water on both sides of them, a wall of water. A wall on the right and a wall on the left. For the Israelites, it's a path of escape in their life. It's a way to safety. The Egyptians, that same place, it's a trap for them. The Israelites get through. They get to the other bank. Scripture says... Then the Lord said to Moses, here we go again, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So you picture they're on, they're on the other bank. They've made it through now. They've been traveling all night through. The Egyptian army is still pursuing them, hot pursuit. It says, so Moses stretched out his hands over the sea And at dawn, the sea returned to its normal depths. In other words, the walls collapse. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. Can you picture this? Water's crashing in. The power. Can you imagine the emotions in that moment? It says the waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea Not one, there's an emphasis there, not one of them remained. Some, Some scriptures say survived. And so here's the question today. What are you going through? What are you going through? What have you been through? Because God wants to use what you're going through. God wants to use that. I think that's the good news. God wants to use what you're going through. The the question in the moment is, will you allow God to use what you're going through in your life? The water you just went through. The challenge you just faced. You know, it wasn't meant to destroy you. And get this, please get this. Everything that makes you afraid, everything that hurts you, everything that makes you cry, everything that breaks your heart, everything that brings you to your knees in life, everything you lose in life, everything that doesn't go the way you planned, everything that leaves you reeling was not meant to destroy you. Do you you get this? It wasn't meant to do that. It's meant to destroy the enemy. It's meant to be a witness, but it's meant to destroy the enemy. I heard a a while back that it wasn't meant to destroy me. It's meant to destroy the enemy. It's meant to destroy the junk in a me. In me, get it? 
It's meant to destroy the sin in a me. You know, when, when I go through something and I'm challenged, what I find is God begins working in a me, destroying the pride in me, the selfishness in me, the stuff that needs to go so that I can be who God wants me to be. You know, that's God at his very, very best because God wants to deliver me in life. The Israelites, they're looking back. You know, the, the, the water returns to where they had just walked through on dry land and it crashes in on the enemy and it, it wipes them out. I imagine there were bodies and chariots floating after that. The scripture says this, Israel saw the great work that God did against the Egyptians. So the people feared God and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. At the very heart of that, it's they loved God even more. Friends, whatever it is you're going through, you're going through. You belong to God. God has a plan. And so wherever you find yourself, and we're all over the map here today, you need to know you're going through. Because that's what God does. He takes his people through whatever it is. And I'm going to close Romans 8.28. It's a life verse for me. You ought to memorize it. We know that all things work together for good. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. All things, all things. Let's bow in a word of prayer to God. Our holy God, we're going through. And I know we all bring different challenges, difficulties, struggles. But God, we're going to go through whatever it is. God, we lean on you and we know that you will see us through, that we can go through on dry land. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just strengthen us. You'd give us wisdom that we would follow your guidance, Lord. God, we thank you for this day. And we just praise you and ask you to be with us this week. May we be a light that shines bright in this world. God, that others would see there's a way through. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. And God's people said, I would ask you, I know everything's weird right now. That's, that's the best word I can come up with. But uh, ushers are going to dismiss us from the back. Uh, and I would ask you to exit the building. Then you want to chit-chat outside. That's fine. We've got another service coming in. So that will help us uh, kind of negotiate that. And, uh, you know, God bless and have a, have a great day.